You know, we are gathering together and we, we gather just to kind of, uh, kind of consider what it means to be the church and what it means to respond to God's grace and love for us. And, and we, we do that and we can reflect on that by the guidance of the Gospels and how the, the disciples and the church and the people in that first century responded to Jesus Christ as he proclaimed the good news. We have, we have this um, Gospel lesson in front of us this morning taken from gospel, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. It's a very familiar passage. It's the calling of Simon Peter and James and John. But before we read the actual passage, I want to kind of back up a little bit and kind of set the, set the context. Set the, let's, let's look at the setting um, to understand how we've arrived at this particular passage. Uh, Jesus is, um, in chapter 4 of Luke, he has um, gone through this wilderness experience where he is tempted three times and he has prevailed um, by understanding his faith and understanding God and to push against the temptations of the tempter. When he comes out of the wilderness, he is, um, enter, enters into his public ministry and he returns to his homeland, to his hometown, um, and he enters his synagogue in Nazareth and he proclaims the good news that this, the gospel is being fulfilled, the word of God is being fulfilled in him. And that teaching and that word, that proclamation is just rejected. It falls on deaf ears and angry minds and hearts. And he finds himself rejected in his hometown. And so he begins this itinerant ministry and he finds his way to uh, Capernaum. It's this um, village, a very active um, administrative and commercial uh, center there on the Sea of Galilee. And, and there he, he enters the synagogue and he, he teaches and people begin to respond. People are gathering. They want to hear more. They, they, they just are hungry for this word of hope and grace. And then we we're told that he leaves the synagogue after teaching there and he enters into Simon Peter's house and, and we find Simon, Simon's mother-in-law is, is very ill with a high fever and she's not expected to live and, and Jesus enters this house and he, he heals her. And she immediately gets up and begins to serve those in the house. And as, we, as the people begin to hear the word of this healing, as they begin to hear the word of hope and grace and love that he is, is um, laying out there for, for the crowds, they begin to press in. They want more. This is a hungry, hungry crowd of people. They bring their sick. They bring their hurting. They bring the helpless and the hopeless and they offer them to Jesus and maybe he'll heal them. Maybe he will offer them this word of hope, this word of help. And eventually he slips out and he tells these throngs of people that his ministry is not just for Capernaum and not just for this crowd, but it's for all of the cities he can reach. All those in Galilee and in Judea. And so he leaves, but this, this reputation he has developed goes before him. And as he, he, he arrives on this coast in chapter 5, we're told, we're told he's on the, the shore of the lake of Gennesaret. So let's look now at this reading from 5, verse 1 through 11 in Luke. 
Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. And then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. And when they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. May God bless the reading of the gospel. This is this familiar passage and of the calling of Simon, Peter, and James and John, and it's it's an important calling. We find Jesus there in the midst of their everyday life. James and John and Peter had been fishing all night, caught nothing had pulled their nets up and were now mending their nets, cleaning their nets, getting ready for the next night. And there's Jesus on the, on the shore with this crowd that had arrived with him or before him and they began to press in on Jesus to hear more. They wanted to hear this word of hope, this word of help, this word of grace from God. And feeling that pressure on the edge of the lake, Climbs into the boat, asks Simon to push off a little, to give him a little space, and he begins to teach. He begins to proclaim the good news, this good news of grace and hope. It's an interesting setting. I had to read a little bit, I read more than I anticipated about Genesaret was not familiar with it. This is a, a region, it's a valley that kind of goes about four miles along the Sea of Galilee, stretches about one mile inward to where there's a, a range of hills. And it stretches from about Capernaum to the north and down to Magdala, down to the south, about four miles. This was a very fertile, fertile valley rich soil, 
It was garden-like. In fact, Josephus says this was the the garden of God, was this area. And I think this is important for us to notice, because Luke put it in there for a reason, to call this the, the lake of Gennesaret, to lay claim to this valley, to this region, this garden-like, this idyllic setting. Jesus had moved away from the, the rush of Capernaum for this, this administrative and commercial center, and he had, he had retreated down into this idyllic garden. And there he stands on the seashore, watching these fishermen clean their nets after a long and fruitless night. And these crowds begin to push in. Let that image just sink in. He's in a garden. On the shore of the sea. See, in the first century, in this antiquity, The understanding of the sea, this image of the sea, was an image of chaos, the unknown. What went on below the surface of the the sea and the oceans, that was chaotic. That's where the fishes live. That's where the sea monsters live. That's not where people live. You can even recall the the primordial waters of chaos that that God hovered over to, to bring into creation out of nothing everything, to bring order out of chaos in Genesis chapter 1. That's the symbolism, that's the imagery of the sea, this watery chaos. And here we see Jesus standing on the shore of this garden at the edge of chaos with these fishermen who have worked, worked long and hard and fruitlessly on the surface of chaos. The people pressing in on the edges of chaos. Chaos is all around us. It comes in all shapes and forms. In March of 2020, we were ready for a worship service like every other service that we had ever done here. The bulletins were ready, the music had been picked, they had been rehearsed. And then the week of March the 15th, after the bulletins were printed, the bulletins were in place, Everything stopped because of COVID-19. Like a blanket, chaos just came over all of society and shut it all down. We didn't know where we were going, didn't know how to address it, didn't know how to respond. In fact, we kept those bulletins in our worship spaces for weeks and weeks because I wanted them in there. I wanted it to be a stark reminder of when all of that started. And when everything stopped and we were, we were put in check to, to absolutely respond in ways we had never dreamt of, to go to virtual only. And then to be able to creep back in by peace and peace and peace ourselves back in, just to do it all again in 2021. We find ourselves on the edge of chaos when we don't expect it, when we're not looking for it. Like maybe, maybe you're riding your motorcycle on a beautiful morning. 
The sky is cloudless. It's blue. It's a beautiful day. And you're riding along and you see some great dirt roads and you hop on those dirt roads and ride. And, and you're, people, I, people are saying, oh, were you just, was it just like, woohoo? Yeah, it's woohoo. And you ride for 15 or 20 minutes and you get off and you continue your journey and you think, what? That, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to go back to the edge. And you see what the edge is. It's chaos when you find yourself on the ground with lightning of, of pain running through your body and you can't get your breath. And you finally stammer up and you, you try to get your breath and you get your breath and you don't know what's happened, you don't know why it's happened, but you know things are, are not right. And you know that life has changed for who knows how long, weeks, months, maybe the rest of my life. On the edge of chaos. This past week I got a text from a friend of mine and she was telling me that one of our common friends, we had gone to high school together, went to college together, graduated together. We, we had all been in each other's weddings and we're just a close-knit group of friends. And our friend, her dad, was involved in an accident on Monday. He and his wife and um, his stepdaughter were driving home from a funeral when a car crossed the center line and had a head-on collision and killed all three. My friend's family was on the edge of chaos in the shallows and in the depths of chaos and didn't know it until they were in it. Leanne and I have a friend that they moved from the West Coast to the East Coast. They got new jobs and they, had, they knew there was going to be a time of, of in between this liminal space of being out of one job and getting ready for the next job in a completely different part of the country. And so they took out COBRA insurance, like, like, every, like people do, when you're bridging one insurance, one company's insurance to the next. And it came time to renew, and they only had two weeks before they started their next job. And they thought, you know what? Let's don't spend that extra money. Let's, we can make two weeks. So they didn't renew their COBRA and... Inside of those two weeks, the wife was diagnosed with brain cancer in the midst of chaos. On the edge of chaos is where we live. Chaos comes in all forms, in all sizes, in all depths. And it upsets our world in ways that we cannot comprehend and cannot anticipate. But here's the good news about chaos. Jesus Christ is on the shore. And not only is he on the shore, he is pushed off and is in the middle, in the midst of our chaos. And he is proclaiming the good news of hope and grace and love for us all. Jesus has been in our chaos. Jesus is in our chaos. And Jesus will be in our chaos, offering us hope 
and peace and grace. That's the good news this morning. When we read deeper into this passage, we, we see Jesus telling Simon Peter, push off, go out to deep water, lower your nets into the depths. And Simon Peter, along with the others, probably thought, and he did think, we've been doing this all night, and there's nothing there today. But if you say so, We'll go out, we'll lower our nets one more time. And when he did, the nets were bursting, breaking, for the haul was too great. And maybe we can see there, in that little, that little snippet, where Christ is with us in the midst of chaos, sustaining us from the depths of chaos. So whatever our chaos is today, or whatever it has been, or whatever it will be, listen. Listen with ears to hear and eyes to see. Listen as the waves lap on the shores of, of, the, of, the, of the chaotic sea. Listen as those waves lap and slap against the boat. And over all of that noise, hear Christ calling out the prophetic, powerful word of God that God is here, that God is with us, even when we don't see Him, even when we don't anticipate, even when we don't expect. Hear God, hear hope, hear help, hear grace and love from Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.